Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Kim and I hope you're having a fabulous day. Thanks for being here. The case today, Brianna Lopez, is one that is devastatingly heartbreaking. It makes you sick to the stomach, furious and just sad. It is a disturbing display of the dark underbelly of humanity's evil. I'm going off script here. This case is the worst. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. There just isn't. It is by far, by far, the worst case I've covered. I have ever covered. I, I mean, ever. I didn't want to do this case. I'm just being honest. I, I'm sorry, but this case is horrible. I don't like this case. And on top of it, my daughter's name is Brianna. I have put off doing this case for months. It gets to the top of the list and I move it down over and over again. These people in this case are the worst display of humans known to man. I hate this case. I really hate this case. Did I mention I hate this case? It's unreal what this baby went through. Here is your disclaimer. If you don't wanna cry, if you don't wanna feel your heart break into pieces for Brianna, if you don't want to see me cry, if you don't want to feel a fury of rage for this family, then please take care of yourself. Please do, and I will see you in the next one. This is just a really, really all-around bad story, but I have a whole playlist with some other cases that are a better fit. Um, it's bad, guys, and I'm only covering it because I get this case suggestion so often, and I just want to cover it so... Yeah, I just never have to think about it again, if I'm being honest. And you guys know me. I am not the one to say let's not talk about or think about a victim's case because what they went through is a thousand times worse than us just hearing it. We should remember Brianna and her story. But this is the one, you guys. This is the one that breaks me. And I think I'm just stalling by rambling. Let's just... Let's just get to it, let's get to it. Brianna Mariah Lopez, more famously known as Baby Brianna, was born on February 14, 2002 to Stephanie Lopez and Andy Walters. She moved in a home in Las Cruces, New Mexico with her mom, dad, brother, and uncle, Steven Lopez, among others. Given the kind of housing and the number of people living there, it didn't look to be an ideal place to raise such a small baby, but that was the home that awaited for her. Bringing a new born baby back home from the hospital is typically a joyous occasion filled with love and excitement, but it wasn't the case for little Brianna. All a newborn baby ever wants is love and undivided attention from her family. And being born on Valentine's Day, you'd think that would mean something, but no one ever loved Brianna in her home. From the day she was born to the five and a half months later when she died, this helpless baby received absolutely no love. Instead, she got something much, much, much worse. Worse than any person with an ounce of compassion in their heart could imagine. Maybe she should have never come home from the hospital because all 153 days 
of Brianna's little life were spent suffering. She would go through unimaginable abuse at the hands of those that should have loved her. Being born on such a beautiful day or any day. It's a tragedy that no one ever loved her. No one rocked her to sleep so she felt safe. No one gave her a kiss on her forehead to show how much she was adored. No one smelled her new baby scent and told her how beautiful and loved she was. Her parents could have chosen adoption over inflicting pain on a helpless baby. There is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing wrong with adoption. If you ever have a friend or a family member that is considering it, please, for the love of God, support them. It is okay to say, I can't do it, and I want my baby to have a good life a better life, a better life than what I can provide them. In my eyes, this is the most selfless thing you can do for your baby. There are so many families wanting babies, good homes, good people. The person I know that made this decision was able to actually pick the family. So with that being said, even though Brianna was not wanted, they decided to bring her home anyway. And what makes this case even worse is the extended family of Brianna were aware of what was going on in the home what was going on to her, but they chose to ignore it. This was a baby who was born to suffer. Brianna did not have a chance and no one was willing to step up to the plate to help her. A five minute anonymous call was just too much for these degenerates to make time for. They are all responsible. They all helped with the demise of Brianna and you would have a hard time convincing me otherwise. So Brianna comes home from the hospital and we can safely say that the abuse began at the moment she entered the house. No time was wasted. They decided immediately she was nothing to them. It started with shouting along with slaps and pinches when she cried, but of course it spiraled because when a baby doesn't stop crying when you slap and pinch them, you start kicking and punching. Yeah, that'll stop them from crying. And when these geniuses didn't get the outcome they wanted, they turned to throwing her around the house a brand new baby, literally thrown around the house like a basketball. Brianna would scream in agony, but her mother would ignore her while her father and her uncle laughed. Hurting a newborn baby was funny to them. This is going to sound awful, but I wish she would have died here with this one of these throws across the room to spare her from what happens later. They would stuff rags into her tiny mouth to shut her up. Stephanie, the gross mom, would bite and pinch her when she was tired of hearing her cry. But the worst of the torment was inflicted by her father and her uncle, who began raping and sodomizing Brianna when she was hardly a few weeks old. Have you ever heard of this happening to a newborn baby? Do you ever want to think about this happening to a newborn baby? Never, never in a million years do I ever want to think about that. A defenseless baby and two grown men 
taking turns. The evil trio took turns torturing the sweet, helpless Brianna as if she were some object to release all their frustration on. They didn't see her as a human, let alone a baby. Then Brianna's torment finally ended on July 18, 2002 after she had undergone pain and suffering every single day of her tiny little life. Brianna was doomed from the day she was brought home from the hospital and it just breaks my heart into pieces. It's just unimaginable, it's unfair, and it's especially not humane. And it cannot be undone. Brianna's final day happened when Brianna's so-called parents and uncle decided to get drunk inside the tra trailer they shared, Stephanie claimed to have had a few beers before climbing into bed. As the night went on, Andy and Stephen decided to play an inhumane, cruel game with Brianna. This game's rules were simple. Who could throw her so high up in the air that she'd hit the ceiling and then let her fall to the floor? as hard as she could and as hard as gravity would allow. They actually confessed to the police this is what they did to Brianna. They would continue to say that Brianna would scream and cry as they tossed her around, but they would just laugh it off and would keep going over and over again. Was Monopoly just hard for this complete disgusting losers to play instead? The answer is yes. Stephanie awoke the next morning to find Brianna crying, which was nothing out of the ordinary. The men told her that they were just playing a bit too rough with her the night before, and that was that. She also noticed new cuts and bruises, but deliberately paid no attention to them. That's when her evil father, Andy, volunteered to change her diaper, and when doing so, he wrapped his... Ugh. Oh my god. Okay. He wrapped a baby wipe around his finger and sexually abused Brianna. Andy then proceeded to sodomize the baby using various objects. This was the last bit of abuse Brianna could take. Brianna was obviously on the verge of death, but no one bothered to call an ambulance or even show her the slightest bit of care or compassion. Stephanie eventually called an ambulance hours later and claimed that Brianna had fallen from her high chair. At 11.10 a.m. at the tender age of five months and five days, Brianna's torture was finally over and she was pronounced dead. What kills me is that Brianna never got to experience a childhood. She never took her first steps. She would never grow up and make friends, go to school, spend weekends with her grandparents, or get a chance to get out of this abusive home. She probably never experienced a moment of peace. She would never experience love, care, or compassion, not in her entire life. Doctors were horrified when they saw Brianna literally covered from head to toe in bruises. Medical examiners said her little body was plagued with wounds and injuries that suggested long-term abuse. When I arrived um, at the hospital, I expected a, a child abuse, but nothing to the extent that I saw that day. And what investigator Lindell Wright saw was lifeless six-month-old Brianna Lopez bruised from head to toe, bite marks all over her body, and what you can't see, bleeding to her brain and sexual trauma. The nurses and doctors were upset 
and you could tell you could tell that it impacted them. The people who did this, her own family, mother Stephanie Lopez, father Andy Walters, and uncle Stephen Lopez. Babies just don't die from falling off beds or falling off futons as uh, Andy Walters. She was five months old, so long-term meant her lifetime, in my opinion. I'm not sure exactly what they meant, but that's what I'm assuming. She had broken ribs, legs, arms, brain bleeding, a vaginal and anal lacerations. Brianna's sexual abuse was described as grotesque and gross. I couldn't have said it better myself, but I have a few other choice words, but Lindell Wright, the lead detective on the case, said that after completing the photographs, he interviewed the two, the dad, Walters, and the uncle, Stephen Lopez, describing their attitude as deceptive. Wright mentioned that Walters' answers and emotional responses weren't appropriate for what had happened to Brianna. He didn't appear distressed and didn't ask if she was okay at any point. Even after death, he didn't see her as a person, just something that wouldn't be around any longer. According to court records, Walters said very loosely that he woke up the next morning around 10 a.m. on July 19, 2002 and found Brianna was not breathing. He was living in uh, the mobile home, which was owned by his mother, Patricia Walters at the time, Stephanie Lopez, Brianna, her 18-month-old brother, and Stephen Lopez got to share one bedroom. The mobile home also housed Walters' brother, Robert Walters, and his mother's partner. That's a list for you. During questioning, Andy Walters admitted that he had been drinking with Stephanie and Stephen on July 18th, and he and Stephen were playing a little rough with Brianna. Walters claimed that during the nasty game, they decided to play with Brianna. He threw her three times, each time letting her fall to the ground. When asked what he did to make her feel better, he replied, I just kept throwing her up in the air. Clearly, the screws are very loose for this guy. When faced with proof of Brianna's sexual abuse, Walters became agitated and told detectives that they were, quote, not going to find any semen, unquote. Okay, there may not be any semen, but according to court documents, he claimed to have penetrated Brianna while changing her dirty diaper. Stephen Lopez denied that he ever assaulted his niece at first, but later admitted it during questioning. He said he couldn't remember. Again, she was nothing to them, so this is, in their mindset, it made sense. It made sense for them to say that. We know he would remember doing this, but in his eyes, she was so unsubstantial that logically, if he said he didn't remember, others would accept this. He knows exactly what he did. Finally, Stephen talked about how many beers he'd had and how he couldn't remember starting a sex act with the innocent infant Brianna, but he remembered stopping himself because he realized what he was doing was wrong. What I want to know is how did he he get aroused in the first place. What went wrong in his life to ever think for a moment this was okay? 
I don't understand it, but at some point he did. In the other room, Stephanie Lopez told detectives that Walters had thrown Brianna a few times before Brianna died. Even so, she credited some of Brianna's bruises to her rolling out of the bed or her sleeping in a certain position. She also asserted Brianna was hit by her 18-month-old brother. They always try to blame it on the other kids. They're terrible people, so they why not hurt my one innocent child and blame it on my other innocent child? It's heartbreaking to know when investigators searched the couple's home, they found absolutely no evidence that the baby had ever been cared for or was ever happy. There wasn't even a single toy, a present for the baby to play with. They also couldn't find a picture of Brianna laughing, smiling, just no pictures. You would have to deduct that it didn't exist, that there was no picture because it never happened. Brianna never knew happiness. Stephanie, Andy, and Steven were all arrested Two more family members were also taken into custody. Brianna's grandmother was fully aware that her grandchild was being raped by her father and her uncle, that she was being physically tortured by her so-called caretakers, but she decided to do nothing about it. She is responsible for her death, in my opinion. They're all responsible. Andy was charged with child abuse that resulted in death and criminal sexual penetration of a minor, both of which are first-degree felonies. Stephanie and Stephen were charged with causing death by child abuse. The other three adults in the house were not charged, and the other two children in that lived in the home were taken into protective custody. Two more close relatives were arrested shortly after in connection with Rihanna's murder. Patricia Walters, her grandmother, and her uncle, Robert Walters Jr. They were both charged with the misdemeanor of failure to report child abuse or neglect. Then began the trials. The trials were set to begin in September 2003. Due to the massive coverage of the case, District Judge Stephen Bridgefort agreed to shift the trial from uh, Donna Anna County. The prosecution would make the argument during the trial that all five uh, adults in the home were aware of the abuse and allowed it to happen. The defense attorneys, on the other hand, claimed that their client had no idea how Brianna's injuries were sustained. The ambulance dispatcher and the emergency department nurse who tried desperately to save Brianna's life at first, they witnessed this and they would testify. Stephanie's 911 call was played back in which she made clear that Brianna was not breathing and that she fell off the bed or fell out of her high chair or I don't know. The 911 operator tries to explain how to perform CPR and check for a pulse, to which Stephanie responded, I can't feel anything. A nurse at the hospital, Yvonne, uh, told the jury about Brianna's vast bite marks and bruises and, that spread across her face, head, and body when she arrived to the hospital. She explained that it was far too late for Brianna uh, when she arrived and she was unable uh, or anybody was unable to resuscitate her. She described how before Stephanie was to be taken to the police station, she was granted permission to see Brianna's body. The nurse added that Stephanie asked to hold uh, Brianna and um, her body in her arms. She said repeatedly to Brianna, I'm so sorry. 
Later, she asked if the nurse could cover Brianna's bruises, which meant that they needed to cover her whole body, except for her eyes. Detective Ed Miranda walked the jury through an interview he conducted with Brianna's uncle, Stephen, that happened after the arrest. He informed the jury that Stephen owned up to the raping of Brianna, flinging her up in the air and letting her crash to the floor. In the interview, he asked Stephen if he had sex with Brianna, to which Stephen replied yes. When asked about throwing the baby up in the air, he said, we were just playing with her. Did I mention I hate this case? Following his testimony, some forensic evidence was displayed. According to a forensic dentist, the 15 bite marks on Brianna's body were caused by two adults, but he couldn't identify those. It wasn't clear on uh, who they belonged to. After that, a forensic lab analyst testified that um, tests revealed that the blood found in Andy's underwear came from Brianna. Rebecca Irving, the supervising medical investigator, gave testimony that Brianna had suffered skull, arm, leg, and rib fractures, as well as immense bruising to her face, head, and genitals. After all the evidence was displayed, it was left to the jury to reach a decision for all five mem family members. Thankfully, all five were found guilty on multiple charges. Stephen and Andy were found guilty of rape, child abuse that resulted in death, and other charges. Stephanie was found guilty of neglect, child abuse resulting in death along with a lesser abuse charge, but surprisingly, she was not found guilty of intentional child abuse. Patricia and Robert were found guilty of failing to report the abuse. Andy's defense attorney, Gary Mitchell, called the mass prosecution an injustice because he's a dumbass, but moving on. Andy Walters received a 63-year prison sentence while Steven Lopez received a 57-year sentence, but Stephanie Lopez was sentenced to only 26 years in prison in which she's out. She served just half and was released on good behavior in 2016. God, I hope she watches this. Stephanie Lopez, you are gross. Do not have any more children or even be around one. I hope you are barefoot living under a bridge. Bridge. You see why I didn't want to do this case? It's just making me a mean person, but Brianna's casket burial and memorial service were all paid for by the community. They also ended up taking her body because no one else would claim her. Her grave was turned into a memorial complete with dozens of flowers and toys. Shockingly, Brianna's family did not approve of the community's compassion and placed a cage around little Brianna's grave so that no one could show her any kind of love, even after death. This is cruelty at a whole different level. Imagine being that bitter about people caring for your baby that you no longer that no longer lives anymore. Detective Wright says they never found pictures of Brianna in her home, not a single one of her playing, laughing, or smiling. He wanted to know what she looked like alive. Before they started the autopsy, and her little face was lying on a uh, white sheet, and I thought, she looks asleep. So I just took the picture. A picture that has transformed into this. The bruises have been erased, the bite marks taken away, and the scars have disappeared. 
It's the Brianna this community likes to remember. There is no existing photograph of Brianna Lopez alive. There's just one picture which was taken on the mortuary slab shortly after she had been murdered. The image was photoshopped to remove all the injuries and bruises and is now kept on the desk of the case's lead detective as a memorial to Brianna and who she could have been. He is a better man than I am, that is for sure. It's just too sad. The memory is just so sad. Stephanie started her parole in Texas as soon as she was released. The prosecutor who charged Lopez, Susanna Martinez, raised objections to her release unsuccessfully, as we learn. She said that Brianna was murdered by other men who raped and tortured her, and her mother was nowhere to be seen. She had no right to be on the streets or in the state or anywhere else besides prison. Clearly, Susanna and I are on the same page as you probably are as well. Stephanie Lopez spent time in prison with uh, another inmate named Maria Perez. When asked Perez, she said that Stephanie was quiet and would hardly ever have any conflicts with anyone else. Stephanie occasionally asked Maria to pray for her. She told her that God still loved her and that repentance is always possible. She also said that her wish for Stephanie is that she discovers something in her spirit that will lead her to be the best she can be and most importantly, that she finds repentance. Andy and Steven Lopez are still behind bars, but it looks like Walters may not serve the entirety of his 63-year sentence because he is eligible for good time. If we're supposed to find some shed of light at the end of this tunnel, it would be that the baby Brianna Bill. This really is the shining moment of this case. Brianna Lopez was the inspiration for the baby Brianna Bill, which mandated a mandatory 30-year sentence for child abuse that resulted in death. But the sentence was only applicable if the child is under the age of 13. Susana Martinez told Las Cruces uh, Sun News that the law should apply to children under the age of 18. She stated that she would fight for it again, and uh, this time to include all children because children are anyone under the age of 18, not just those under the age of 13. The Brianna Lopez investigation served as a precedence for succeeding child abuse cases, such as the case of Victoria Martins, a 10-year-old girl who was voluntarily raped, abused, and killed. I'll link that one uh, below. The murder of Victoria Martins took place 14 years after Brianna's case, bringing back the hearts of the citizens of New Mexico. And I can personally say I've covered that one, and that one is definitely heart-wrenching in one of the case, or the worst cases in child abuse. Stephanie Lopez was 19 years old when she got in a relationship with Andy Walters, who was 21. And very soon after they had Brianna, the couple had only just moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico, when she was born. Both started dating at a young age and the pregnancy was unexpected, so both had begun working. 
Uh, even after her mother's consistent alcohol consumption, Brianna was born completely healthy. Even after this behavior, she had a normal pregnancy and delivery, and Brianna was born in an excellent health. Brianna wanted to live, despite all the odds against her since conception. She fought through, but a tiny little soul can only take so much. How cruel does one have to be to ignore her pain? Not even her small sighs or her cries of despair and suffering were enough to stop them. If just one person in the house would have spoken up, taken a stand for a voiceless, helpless little baby, maybe things would have turned out different for her. But no one did. Just one phone call, one small ounce of intervention could have saved her life. Baby Brianna waited desperately for every day of her five months of existence and no one stood up for her. No one deserves this kind of life. No child deserves this kind of family. They should all be ashamed of themselves. They are all responsible. Hopefully nothing like this will ever happen to anyone, let alone any child ever again. And for the surviving family, they get karma. Well, if you guys have made it to the end, you guys are rock stars and I love you to death. Stay safe, my loves. And remember, if you see something, say something. And I'll see you in my next one. Bye.